today on CityCast Denver. In one of the widest, wealthiest, and biggest school districts in the metro area, a battle over racism has been brewing. We are not happy because our hard-earned tax dollars are going to indoctrination programs that push equity, not equal opportunity. Today is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. you heard at the top of the show was from a parent in Douglas County. She was complaining about a new equity policy the Doug Coe School Board put in place this spring that caught fire in conservative media and helped fuel a summer of outrage over critical race theory. It feels like a train that has already left the station in the middle of the night with our children on board only to be discovered by mistake by parents. So today on the show, as Doug Coe starts another school year, I'm speaking with two Douglas County parents who help craft the district's new equity policy, Nada Altman and Ishmeet Kalra. Well, Nara and Ishmeet, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, it's thank our you. pleasure. Thank you for having us. Can you both talk about your kids' experiences in the Douglas County School District in general? Did it feel welcoming and inclusive or sort of what what has been their experiences? Uh, For my kids, um, they have been at STEM School Highlands Ranch uh, since kindergarten. And my daughter, the first things she um, noticed were all the posters about India, she was like, oh, mom, I love this. You look, there's some Indian kids here. Uh, One of the reasons we chose STEM was because it's the most diverse school in Douglas County. Mm. So uh, thankfully, my kids um, are exposed to a lot of different cultures, a lot of different nationalities, and um, that has been priceless um, as far as uh, their educational experience has gone so far. Okay. And Nara, how about you? Yeah, so I have uh, uh, two kids. Um, my my oldest was in kindergarten when we when we moved. Uh, I, I say they they have always been uh, welcome. I think it's uh, really when they get to those teenage and adolescence years that you start to reflect more, that they start to develop their own identities, and um, and and then you see that there is a a lack of. Uh, a diversity and, and, and value of some of the cultural aspects. I have a gay child as well. Uh, the community has not been, everyone in the community has not been very welcome about that. And the schools are a little bit in the closet, I would say, with that regard, in that support for that LGBTQ community. And that's been a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. tough. But as a majority, I wouldn't say that is unwelcoming. It's just that those instances were not addressed, were not tackled head on. They get magnified in a child's and perhaps in a mother's head. Um, and it exists in Denver as well. It's not, it's not exclusive of Douglas County. I think what's exclusive of Douglas County, the, the population of African-American kids is 1.4%, while the population of African-Americans in the U.S., according to uh, 2020 census, is 13.4. So that just exacerbates the isolation feeling uh, that African-Americans uh, feel. And, um, and, and, and other, there is uh, a larger group of, uh, uh, of Hispanic and uh, Asians, but they also report suffering um, 
suffering a prejudice or sometimes just ignorance. Yeah. So I know that you both were involved in crafting an equity policy for Douglas County that was passed in March. Um, what kinds of things are in that policy? So there was a very collaborative effort that Douglas County engaged with. Uh, It it started over a year ago. Uh, They engaged with us. They engaged with a number of other uh, groups in uh, Douglas County, with student groups as well. And the focus of that policy is really geared towards uh, preventive measures, right? Because the current policies that that exist against discrimination are are really more about perhaps punishment and, and and, and holding people people accountable once there is a problem. What that policy really uh, asks is now let's look at our processes, let's look at what we do, and let's think about how it can be more inclusive. And that process really requires uh, the district to hear those minority voices. Uh, We don't pretend to have all the answers either. Uh, We personally have experienced that our kids who belong to minority groups disengage when they don't see themselves represented. They disengage even in reading or in tests if they don't see themselves represented. Uh, So we think that's a huge part of of why some of those gaps exist. When when you have disparities in in disciplinary uh, action, in racial disparities in disciplinary action, in, in, in academic performance. If either you believe there is a difference in race, which we know there is none, right? Or you start to reflect what is it about the cultural, the climate, the, the educational material that I'm using that is alienating some kids out of that educational space. And what can I do to make that better for this for these kids, especially in an environment as Douglas County that they are a very um, small minority. Um, and, and that's what we hope to really achieve, that everyone really reflects uh, develop. And I feel that our generation was robbed of that honesty, that multiple perspective in the education materials that we get. And we want our kids to have the opportunity to have that, because that is exactly what's going to teach them to think critically, to see that things are multiple perspectives, and, um, and, and bridge gaps that today exist in terms of communication uh, across people that look different, or, or, or sometimes that think different, or that have different beliefs. And, and the sad thing that is happening right now, going a, a little bit further from your question, is that the ag- aggression, the, the, the vitriol, the intimidation that we have seen at the past board meetings um, have been very detrimental to that participation because people don't feel safe, especially minorities don't feel safe speaking up because there seems to be a labeling of of what the policy is intended to do that is not actually correct, that there is aggression towards those that have been involved, there is a dismissal of those that have been collaborating for the past year and a half. Um, I I, I talk about it the first time I went to a school accountability committee meeting, I felt intimidated and I'm not a person that feels intimidated intimidated easily. It's just that there is an established culture that that you have to try your way to find out. But I believe that belonging is not something you find for yourself, it's something other people give to you. And that's what that policy tries to do. Beautifully said, Nara. I agree wholeheartedly. I think um, what the equity policy is, is a simple 
value statement, honestly, uh, of um, who we want to aspire to be. And, uh, you know, what kind of community are we building? Uh, We hear it said a lot that Douglas County should be a destination district. Well, how do we create a destination district when uh, we are willing to exclude, willing to, um, you know, turn a blind eye to some of the trauma that uh, some of our minority students are facing day in, day out of the classroom on the campuses? The sad thing is that um, the equity policy and the backlash to it is uh, really, really become political. Uh, backlash against uh, critical race theory, which is not taught in schools K through 12 in Colorado. So this sort of idea of of the equity policy pushing this agenda of critical race theory, which you're saying is not being taught in schools, was that coming from other parents? Uh, Yeah, so so we don't know. It's sort of, we always knew there was going to be pushback. What we didn't expect was that it's going to be a national pushback against equity. So, so we were caught by surprise. With as a matter of fact, I didn't know what critical race theory meant until until we were accused, or the policy was accused of being critical race uh, theory. Uh, so, so that's basically we see that. I think it's it has been introduced by political operatives as a boogeyman word. Mm-hmm that mm-hmm. people will feel scared about it because it does scare people because we are really talking about educating our kids in a different way that we were educated because, because we know more than we knew 35 years ago, but some things haven't changed in 35 years. And why haven't they changed? And, and, and try to understand that your experience as a white person person in Douglas County is different than the experience of a black person. And sometimes it's ignorance, and you may not be the racist person, but there, there are racist actions that happen uh, in, in Douglas County. And, and that's what I said at the beginning. Those get magnified if the rest of us don't speak up. I want to prepare yeah. my kid for a world that is more globalized. I want my kids to be taught about Tulsa massacre in, and, and things and historical things that we were never taught about. Um, So, Nara, I know you mentioned that you moved out of Douglas County. Can you talk about why you moved? Well, I'm, 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 I've, I've lived in four countries, right? Actually, Douglas County is the place that I stay the most. I stayed eight years in Douglas County, right? So I think sure. it's a beautiful community, walk the bluffs every day and, and things like that. Um, but I, I, I felt like I wanted something different for, for my kids in terms of the exposure to a, a different part of the U.S. And it's mm-hmm. half an hour away, but I think Denver has the diversity that Douglas County doesn't doesn't have. We are Americans now, but my, my kids are born in Chile. They are also Brazilians. I asked them what white was, or what like what was white, white people, and we were talking about it, and they, they say white is America. So mm. <laughs> they had that perspective that America is white, the predominantly white Douglas County, right? And it's much more, much more than that. So that was part of the reason to move. My, my daughter asked to come to South. She's coming to South the high school. Um, I, as, as soon as, as I enrolled her, she said like she wanted to, to study Spanish again. 
those are little things that actually some teachers in Douglas County are starting to do. There, there's a teacher there that when kids were not paying attention, he started to speak in Spanish. And then, and then she told me, I can understand both instructions because I was paying attention to begin with. And then that engaged her a little bit more in, in Spanish. But she had disengaged in Spanish completely. And that had been her first language. Because of that... Uh, a lack of obvious appreciation for somebody speaking another language. It's not that people don't appreciate, they don't show it perhaps as willingness. And then when you get to a place like Denver, there's just more people that will speak Spanish, at, at least in the, the school that she's going to go through now. Even though Nada has moved away, she's still committed to furthering the conversations about equity in her former school district. And for Ishmeet, I think it's crucial that we continue the conversation, that we um, listen to the side that is, um, you know, creating the misinformation, that we actively combat that misinformation, because this is our kids' future. And even having the privilege of moving anywhere in the world, we continue to choose Douglas County and work towards being contributing citizens because I think these problems exist everywhere in the world. And here's more on what's going on in Denver. Today's weather is more of the same, hot and smoky with a high of 93 and lots and lots and lots of smoke. Stay inside if you can. The internet was a mess yesterday when a Rockies fan was accused of screaming a racial slur at Florida Marlins outfielder Lewis Brinson. The Rockies went so far as to release a statement condemning the fans' outburst, and that even got picked up by the Associated Press. But Steve Steger of Nine News later reported that he spoke directly to the fan, who says he was actually yelling dinger in an attempt to get the Rockies' mascot's attention. Further review of the tape from the incident caused the Rockies to release another statement rebuking the original claims. All I'm hearing from the situation is that our little dinosaur mascot really needs a new name. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. I'm just going to turn, I literally turn off my fan for exactly the amount of time we record because it gets so hot in here.